Hello and welcome to Bid Food's Talking Food podcast. I'm Joe Anglis and in this episode we will be discussing our final macro trend for our 2021 food and drinks trends and it is called Wellness My Way. Joining me to digest and talk about this really important trend is Lucy Pedrick, our Head of Insights, and Sophie Mancuso, who is from The Food People. I'm looking forward to getting into this one, so let's get it started. First of all, let me welcome Lucy Pedrick back to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Can you share with us a little bit about what you do at Bidfood? Hi, Joe. So I look after the um, insights team within Bidfood, and that really encompasses taking um, control of all of the insights and research projects that we do. So everything from primary to secondary research that looks at the industry, the sectors, the types of customers we have, but also the challenges that we are going to be expecting on the horizon. Thanks, Lucy. And welcome, Sophie. So who are the food people and what do you do? The food people are a food trends agency with global reach. Um, we And what we do is we research, track, write about and do presentations and events all around trends in food and beverages. Um, and not just in the UK, this is across the world as well. So I'm a senior editor at The Food People. Um, so what that means is I spend a lot of my time researching very in-depth into trends in food and writing about them, um, including our um, soon-to-be-launched um, book on, on Trend Hub, which um, I expect some of you might have access to. Um, and, um, and of course, I, was, um, I developed the Bid Food Trend Bible alongside you guys. Thank you, Sophie. So um, Lucy, I'll start with you. What do you think consumers understand by the phrase wellness or well-being? Well, I think this time it's going to conjure up a few other things. So physically, it's sort of what we eat, how we exercise, how we keep a check on our, our weight and things like that. But this time it also encompasses more than just health. So following restrictive diets and eliminating foods and adhering to all those aggressive diets and exercise regimes can be a bit too much for some people. And whilst you might end up with great physical results, sometimes it can be expense of feeling guilty or mentally strained from having to do all of that. So this trend for this particular time of year and going into 2021 is much more about being kind to yourself and really doing things your own way. So just to add to what Lucy said, um, I think it's a really good point about how um, health has got much more holistic. It's about mental, emotional, um, as well as physical health. We're specifically seeing this year um, the the rise in awareness around mental health and the importance of mental wellness and how this is connect, connected to physical health. So, for example, gut health is something that a lot of people are talking about at the moment, but that's not just about physical well-being. Um, gut health is very much linked um, to immunity, of course. Around 70% of our immune cells are in our gut, but it's also linked to mental wellness in what we call the gut-brain axis. So it's thought that about 90% of serotonin, which is a happy chemical, is made in the gut. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all very much linked. That's really interesting, really. Um, and how do you think COVID-19 has impacted this trend for in the future? So, of course, the health crisis has really put health at the top of the agenda this year. You know, this is the year where it's really at the forefront of people's minds. That said, paradoxically, um, many have gained weight over lockdown. Um, but as we see the links between obesity and COVID complications, people becoming more aware of these, diets and calorie counting are coming back in. People are looking to improve their overall health in order to give them a fighting chance 
um, in the context of the virus. In particular, we are seeing lots of products that claim to boost immunity with things like vitamin C and vitamin D. But in the long term, we expect to see more focus on holistic well-being and how this contributes to a healthy immune system rather than, you know, magic pills. But it's not just physical. Um, Two thirds of adults in the UK reported feeling worried about COVID and the impact on their lives. Before COVID, mental health was gaining traction, um, but it's really been thrust into the limelight now. We're seeing food and drink targeting different emotional states, such as relaxing with CBD. And of course, um, linking back to what Lucy was saying earlier about self-care, as we head into recession, treating yourself and permissible indulgence for emotional benefit will gain importance. So um, I think the other part of that is that COVID has probably hit all of us from all sorts of angles and in many different ways. So having those lockdowns has meant that people have sort of embraced cooking a bit more, started to be a bit more aware about nutrition and the role that food has on immunity and also in preventing catching COVID, but also in maximising recovery from it. And that sort of worked for a group of people, but then there are other people who have been more concerned about the virus and what that will mean for the future. And that has sort of brought them down a little bit and that's impacted on their physical well-being, and it means they've lost energy and therefore wearing a bit more and that they don't feel like they want to exercise or eat well. So in some ways, for some people, it's a bit like a hangover. You know, you're sort of tired, you're lacking energy, you've got no motivation, so you don't sleep properly, you don't eat properly, and it becomes sort of a vicious circle. But I think importantly, what 2020 has taught us that we can survive this. It's been different, it's been challenging, but as a nation, we probably have done all right to get through it. And and there have been some really good news stories as well about people rebalancing and reprioritizing. And I think 2021 will really help enhance that. So Sophie, you you spoke a little bit about um, obesity there. Um, There's there's loads of headlines at the moment about how this is impacting our health. Um, How do you feel food and drink can play a better role in minimizing this impact? So I think in general, there's been a lot of a lot of headlines around what you should and shouldn't do from a health perspective um, in connection with COVID. Um, We've seen quite a lot of fear um, as well, sort of governing, governing those. We've seen lots of clashing scientific theories, fake news. Some people don't know what to believe. You know, there was talk around ibuprofen being bad, then it was good. People were bulk buying zinc tablets in the US, et cetera. But of course, what most agree on is that weight and lifestyle have been linked to developing more severe COVID symptoms and complications. And a recent study in The Lancet yet again confirmed it. Um, But this hasn't, in the short term, this hasn't necessarily been helped by lockdown because as I said, a lot of people have been more sedentary than ever this year um, and eating for comfort. That said, many have been trying to reduce their alcohol consumption. So um, an extra 160 million pounds was spent on alcohol in supermarkets in the three weeks leading up to lockdown. Um, So obviously people bulk buying um, compared to the previous year, but overall consumption of alcohol in lockdown halved. And as mentioned before, we're seeing lots of buzz around post lockdown diets and the like. I agree, Sophie. And in terms of obesity, it's always cropping up because the numbers continue to grow, particularly in the young. And what's really unusual here is that we're always talking about food poverty at the same time. So it's almost like there's an imbalance somewhere. Either there's a lack of knowledge of nutrition or weaker skills in preparing the right meals. Um, Perhaps that the broad range of options that are available to children, for example, outside of the home, across all of their settings, right the way through to funding, perhaps the luxury of time, household budgeting. 
And I think it's probably not helped by the fact that food tech is not really compulsory at schools anymore. So if you think about today's generations, they've not really learned about what's good and not good for them to be eating. So they're not always able to put the right practice in hand. Luckily within bid food, we are part of various pledges so that we, we look at how we can be asking people to have an extra portion of veg a day. And we're also able to provide a whole range of food and drink to customers across all sectors. So working across schools and hospitals, as well as restaurants and leisure, we, we're quite lucky in being able to give everyone the right menu options so they can meet a, a wide range of diets. And Sophie, another challenge that the nation has is our ever-aging population. Do you think this is down to food and drink and all their lifestyles as well? Thanks, Lucy. So there are diets and lifestyle that people swear by for longevity, and there always have been. So the likes of the Mediterranean diet, for example. But increased life expectancy is, of course, primarily down to modern medicine. We do know more about the body, healthy eating, and the effects of and the effects of unhealthy habits. So people are better equipped to look after themselves if so inclined. And there is, of course, a constant evolution of learning from our nutritional mistakes. We are seeing better food targeted at older consumers um, through the likes of 3D printing, for example, and more conversation around producing more nutritious food for older people. But conversely, a lot of people are leading more sedentary lives now in in modern times than ever and eating more processed foods as well. With the younger generation now, we're seeing downward trends in drinking and smoking, and it'll be interesting to see what effect this has on life expectancy in the future. So Lucy, these days we see almost on a daily basis, incredibly fit, physically enhanced celebrities and influencers. What do you think the impact of this is on personal attitudes to health and by extension, to the wider societal health trends? Well, I think that social media can be really dangerous in this area, particularly you know, if it's used in the wrong way. If we can find the right way to use it, it could be really powerful. Recent programmes and a lot of what we saw in 2020 with headlines suggest that there are dangers in some of the social media platform content, allowing users to search all sorts of inappropriate topics for how to access medicines, quick fixes to diet, um, to weight loss. And then you've got the other part of that, which are the selling platforms that are openly stocking sort of unsafe uh, supplements, unauthorized dietary services and, and tablets, as well as beauty products that that hold all these misclaimed attributes of what they're capable of doing. However, what we have really seen finishing 2020 and going into 2021 are that more celebrities are publicly acknowledging their own insecurities, their struggles with health, their struggles with their own self-esteem. So what that means is that they can recognize that not everything that they're seeing and reading is real and also that it's not always achievable or indeed do even need to be like that. The whole of the population at the minute on the back of everything that's happened is looking for transparency. And it's not just in food and drink. It's probably as much to do with the people that we're surrounded by as well. Sophie, I don't know what you want to add to that as well. Thanks, Lucy. Um, Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that a positive is that we are seeing a lot more transparency um, from social media influencers and celebrities around around wellness and um, and fitness. I think if we think back, um, you know, to the sort of supermodel days of Kate Moss, um, what's the quote? Uh, Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. I think now we're seeing lots of um, social media influencers and celebrities showing us that actually, you know, it's not just famous equals skinny. 
Um, you actually have to put a lot of work in. And it's not about being a waif. It's about being strong and fit. For example, you've got Rebel Wilson, who's recently be really been open about her weight loss plan, as was Adele using the cert food diet. Um, I think it was um, I think it was Mark Wahlberg who was who recently or a while back, actually, he released his sort of highly demanding 3am fitness schedule to the public. Um, we're also seeing you know, celebrity meal ranges, um, sharing their lockdown workouts on Instagram. So, um, so there's a, there's there's a lot of there's a really positive side to it as well. Of course, you still have the side to it which involves fad diets and diet pills, and and those kind of ideas can be quite dangerous because they spread very easily with with little scientific grounding. Um, but we are seeing a lot more openness, and not just about physical wellness, but also about mental wellness as well. We saw lots of celebrities sending out encouraging messages on World Mental Health Day for example, Lily Collins. And you've also got some celebrities who are doing voiceovers for the, the Calm app. It feels like the, uh, the it thing to do is to, to be a voiceover on the Calm app. And Sophie, how do you think the eating out market is helping or hindering efforts to help consumers maintain the wellness thereafter? There's the option of targeting the diets people are currently following. So this year, we're seeing a lot of talk around cert food, keto, also the Noom app. Um, these have all been popular for losing weight. Um, so there's, you can sort of target those particular diets and, and people are doing that. We're also seeing a return to good old calorie counting. Um, this is a metric a lot of people understand. And we're seeing brands and menus displaying calories on products more and more um, to help people manage their intake. The government have been debating compulsory calorie counts, you know, for better or worse. There is a lot of debate around whether that's, um, you know, negative for um, former sufferers of eating disorders. I mean, and it all just speaks to the fact, really, that people aren't always aware of the, the calorie contents of their food. It might look healthy or it might look small, but it could actually amount to quite a lot of calories. So a lot of brands and outlets are swapping out stodgy carbs for lower carb options. So uh, cauliflower rice, for example, and hidden veggies are no longer for kids. We're seeing veggies being incorporated into sweet, ba sweet bakery, ice cream, blending veggies with meats in the in the likes of sausages to reduce meat consumption. And um, and what's quite nice about that is it's got a it's got an air of no sacrifice about it. You're still eating what you like, but it's got veggie inclusions rather than taking things out. You're putting things in. And the other advantage of bulking with veg is that dishes are still, still satisfying, portions still look big. But um, that said, portion reduction is still an option as well. Cadbury this year, um, they've shrunk the size of their Christmas selection fudge bars to tackle childhood obesity. Added nutrition is also key in this space. So adding healthy extras like probiotics and adaptogens um, to things like bars, smoothies, hot drinks and desserts. Um, also swapping out sugar um, you know, refined sugar for the likes of monk fruit or using raw cacao instead of chocolate, swapping out, you know, things that have um, a bad health halo for things that have a good health halo. So it becomes about hidden goodness again, a bit like with the veggies. You're eating something you like, but it also has a benefit. Really interesting. So there's loads happening, isn't there? Um, Lucy, have you seen any concepts or initiatives that bring to mind wellness my way? So in terms of initiatives for this trend, I think technology has had um, a really big part to play and it's been really um, interesting in this area because it means that everyone and anyone can now track what they're eating if they want to, but also how often they're moving. There's also lots of 
things happening in terms of delivery platforms as well. So across the globe, there's far more activity in this area with names other than just Uber Eats and Deliveroo who are out there providing different forms of menu choices to all sorts of consumers that can hit the wellness my way trend in lots of different ways. It feels like it's probably only a matter of time before this sector opens up a bit more in the UK as well. We'll see some more entrants, but it will also widen the reach, I think, in terms of allowing more pockets of the population to have access to some of this food that they love from their branded outlets. Because at the moment, it seems to hit most of the towns and cities. So if people want to be enjoying some of that wellness my way from out of home outlets, you have to be in the right location to enjoy it. We could also see more things being delivered that way as well. So um, there's a lot more happening in terms of delivery packaging. So in terms of making it more sustainable, but also making them more robust so that more of the menu options that some of our favorite branded outlets have can be delivered in a way that means they hold their shape, they keep the right temperature and the quality of the food reflects what you get when you were dining in-house as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, touching on on what you were mentioning about technology, I think that where technology intersects with this trend is very much on the on the my way piece. It's that personalization, isn't it? And um, we're seeing quite a lot of innovations around personalized and digital health. So wearable tech, it's gone from phones through to rings, you can now get smart rings, which monitor your heart rate, etc. So, you know, really, really tiny. And, um, and of course, DNA dieting for really ultra personalized approach there's been a lot of talk recently about the obesity gene and um, you know through doing these dna tests you can discover whether you have a predisposition to obesity and how you can eat um, to help yourself um, essentially and um, companies like gusto for example targeting dna dieting with their menus and with their labeling so sophie which cuisines do you think suit this trend Middle Eastern and Indian are ones that we're seeing popping up a lot. Uh, They're naturally quite plant-based and rich in pulses. So some of the, and also some of the key functional ingredients that are trending at the moment, for example, turmeric. They're rich in spices as well, which lend flavor when you don't want to use um, ingredients like cheese, for example, or meat. And there's lots of lovely spices which lend depth of flavor there. So those are those are two biggies which we're seeing a lot of and are trending in general. Japanese, I think when people think about Japanese, they often think about health, um, especially, you know, lighter options like sushi. Um, It is actually manifesting in quite a comfort food, guys, at the moment. Um, But the likes of ramen do contain fermented ingredients, um, which, of course, links to gut health. That said, Southeast Asian cuisines such as Vietnamese tend to be lighter. So obviously next year uh, means that there will be welcoming the new law called Natasha's Law, which requires more food to be labelled with allergen information. Is this soon enough, though, Lucy, for those who want to have more choice and reassurance now? The landscape has really changed on this, I think. Um, for whatever reason, more people have got intolerances, allergies, And the list of the ingredients that are creating these reactions is also growing. And I think as a result, it's becoming much more important for there to be more transparency about what's in the food and drink that consumers want to have so that they can make um, informed decisions. At Bid Food, we're lucky because we have a team that are dedicated to keeping on top of the ingredient content of everything that we stock so that any and all of our customers are clear about what's inside what they're buying. 
We have a strong partnership with schools and universities, hospitals, care homes and other sectors that offer food service. And so it's really important that this, this information is critical to what they're doing. So I'm hoping that will be fairly straightforward for us to have this information available for everyone else to pick it up when that time comes as well. Sophie, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that. In general, consumers want more and more control over what they choose to eat. And the impact of COVID on trust in the supply chain has only augmented this. Um, for example, in general, quite apart from you know, uh, allergens, we're seeing more use of blockchain for traceability. And, and I think just at the moment, no information is too much information, unless, of course, you're talking about long lists of unrecognizable ingredients. Um, within allergies specifically, you know, as you said, we've, we've seen in recent years um, how this is this has evolved. Gluten-free has moved from quite a niche dietary requirement to, to mainstream. So choice has been slowly opening up for some allergy sufferers, and we imagine these laws will only be welcomed by others. And uh, Lucy, to make sure that our um, operators can provide an option that meets both the healthy side as well as the indulgent side of Wellness My Way, what are BidFood doing to help? Well, we've got such a wide range of food and drink that we can probably accommodate any diet or appetite, anything like that. We've got a really good range of healthy as well as indulgent snacks, soft drinks, and all the ingredients needed to bring together really nutritious dishes, as well as many options that meet all of the other trends as well. So food for the soul, which is sort of nice, comforting food that perhaps provides that nice indulgent side, right the way through to the more openly indulgent trend of little luxuries. So looking at how we can fuse flavors or, or taste so we can have sweet and savory and just twist things up a bit so that we can upgrade some dishes to make even the most basic dishes a little bit more interesting. We really do have a range that suits everybody, I think. And finally, this is a question for both of you. In 2021, um, we're looking to refresh how we do our food and drinks trends to every quarter to reflect how trends are evolving as we move through the unknowns of the year. How do you see this trend evolving, Lucy? I think wellness and well-being will become much more entrenched. Um, there'll always be that split of the population who will take its definition to be healthy and fit and will continue to use any other lockdown times or furlough times to be at home, eating well, getting outside. And there'll always be the other side of the population who will just be using that time, using 2021 to just take care of themselves, to work their way through and to find ways to use food and drink to create that comfort, that coziness to just help survive and get through this, to hopefully get to the end of 2021 that reflects a more normal world. And Sophie? Yes, I think it's the it's the million dollar question, isn't it? But I think first off, it's a great idea to be updating the trends more regularly because this year we've seen more change, you know, in the space of twelve months than than uh, than than perhaps ever before. It's been a been a period of really really quick change and um, quick pivoting and adapting to these difficult times. Um, so in terms of you know the next year or so. I think um, despite the fact that we're hearing some, some encouraging news about vaccines, COVID isn't going anywhere anytime in the immediate future. So it will continue to influence our approach to wellness, um, including supporting immunity, gut health, maintaining healthy weight, etc. But I do think, um, you know, to what Lucy said, it's, um, it's going to become more entrenched in people's attitudes rather than thinking about, you know, health as this separate sort of thing. It's going to become much more um, part, just part of people's lifestyles. 
And um, the longer the pandemic is around, of course, the more likely it is to affect our behaviours in the long term. Um, we only expect mental wellness, for example, to get more and more important as the stresses and strains of continued lockdowns um, take their toll. Let's hope 2021 is better than 2020 anyway. Thank you very much for your time, Sophie. Thanks very much for having me. No problem at all. And thank you for joining me for another episode, Lucy. No worries, Jerry. Thank you. If you want to learn more about Wellness My Way or any other trend for 2021, please see the links for more information in the episode summary. Next up in the series, we're going to be talking about the social trends for the year. I'm looking forward to you joining us there. In the meantime, please do subscribe and rate our podcast series on whatever platform you use to listen to this on. This helps us to reach and support more people in the industry. Thank you for listening and goodbye.